With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in, Michigan Wolverine fans, to another edition of Victor's Valiant. My name is Vaughn Lozon, and joining me for the first time in what seems like a long time is Cullen Logsdon and the guy that has been with me without Cullen the last couple weeks. That's Andy McDonald. Boys, how are we doing today? Yeah, living, living life. Was that a personal shot I hear, Vaughn? I, whenever <laughs> I can get personal shots to take it, Cullen, I, I, I try to take advantage. So, um... Hey, and, so to be fair, and to be fair, I was here two weeks ago, but the week before that, I wasn't there either. Right. It's after all the losses. I, uh, for some reason, I'm not there. It's a weird coincidence. <laughs> what what a coincidence that is, Colin. Is it just a yeah. coincidence, or is it because of the losses? Nah, it might have a little something to do with it. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we've been missing your fiery hot takes, um, so it's good to have you back. But before we get into everything, just want to remind you guys that you can check us out on iTunes and the Google Play Store by searching Maze and Brew Podcasts. Go ahead and download that. It's all free. It'll uh, give you a notification on your phone when uh, all the episodes are posted to the uh, iTunes and Google Play Store. So go ahead and subscribe today for free. That is Maze and Brew Podcasts. So, um, so yeah, obviously Colin's here, so that means we're going to be talking about a win today, guys. It is... Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is a 35-14 to 14 victory for U of M uh, over this past weekend, homecoming against Rutgers. Uh, we finally got to see uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Brandon Peters. He finally got his first taste of actual action, not mop-up duty. Uh, we'll get into him in just a minute. But before Peters was in, they started John O'Corn. Um, obviously, he didn't play as well as what we would have hoped he would have, uh, three for six for just 13 yards and got intercepted. Uh, pretty bad decision-making by him. Uh, still had the happy feet that he's been having for the past uh, month or so since Spate's been out, um, which, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of that was in a consideration when uh, Harbaugh put Peters into the game when it was uh, tied up 7-7. Seven to seven. But the run game was the star of the show again. Higdon, 158 yards, two touchdowns. Isaac had over 100 yards. Kareem Walker had his first rushing touchdown. It was good to see him get significant 
snaps. Chris Evans had a receiving touchdown from Brandon Peters on a real nice wheel route. Uh, not a perfectly placed ball, but Evans was able to adjust to it really nicely. Uh, and Omario Samuels got into the game. Um, quite surprising. I think that was just his second time uh, getting playing time this season. But good to see all these young guys finally taking uh, taking advantage of their opportunities and, and uh, really showcasing what they can do. Uh, the receiving game, um, you know, Peters completed uh, 10 of 14 for 124 and a touchdown. He was distributing the ball all over, all over the place. Evans had the one catch for the touchdown. Uh, Sean McCune had a few catches. Wheatley had a catch. Grant Perry only had one. Nico Collins got his first catch, uh, which was good to see from him. And uh, Gentry, Ty Isaac, Poji, Karan, and Eddie McDoom all had catches as well. I believe that's uh, 10, 10 Wolverines with a catch uh, in this game. So it's good to see everybody really contributing on offense. Um on defense, it was a lot of the same stuff that we've been talking about all season long. Devin Bush led the way with 11 tackles, uh, had half a sack there, two tackles for loss. Maurice Hurst, as Harbaugh said in his Monday press conference today, was the defensive lineman of the week. He had eight tackles. He had a sack and two tackles for loss. Um, I thought Rashawn Gary had a real nice game. He had a sack. Uh, Chase Winovich got a sack and a half, and Aubrey Solomon, uh, he, he another freshman, true freshman, he he played really well too. So it's good to see a lot of these uh, youngsters getting some good time and uh, making use of that time. But uh, but obviously, I want to talk about Brandon Peters. I mean, it's it's about time, guys. Am I right? Um, it's good to see it's it's good to see the redshirt freshman <laughs> getting some playing time, significant playing time. Um, the team was tied seven to seven with Rutgers at home, uh, and he really. I thought brought um, something that the offense really hasn't seen a lot of this season. And that was everyone seemed to be fired up and uh, play with a little extra oomph uh, when Peters came in. All, all the offensive linemen were completing blocks. All the running backs were running uh, extremely hard. And it, it, for whatever reason, it seemed like all the receivers were finally getting open and were uh, uh, giving Peters uh, a nice room to throw to them uh, to pick up first down yardage and uh, the one touchdown that he threw to Evans. Uh, so it's good to see that all of this is finally happening. It's good to see that Peters is finally playing. Um, I want to start with you, Colin. Uh, what did you see out of Peters this weekend, and, and what gives you confidence uh, that, that he's going to be the guy moving forward? Well, I'm not going to lie, Vaughn. Uh, before Peters came in, my biggest fear was he was going to come in the game uh, after all, all this hype and everything, <laughs> and it was going to be the same old, same old. You know, it wasn't going to be a big improvement from a corner, from Spate, at least when those guys were struggling, we still had hope. They're like, hey, we have Peters on the bench, you know, let's use him. If he would have struggled, where do you go after that? Obviously, Dylan McCaffrey's not ready. Yeah, But, you know, exactly. Peters did come in. He, uh, I think he <laughs> exceeded expectations. I mean, three touchdowns, his first three drives in the game, that's amazing for an offense that only had seven points mm -hmm. at Rutgers. And I know a lot of people say, you know, it is Rutgers. It's not the class of the Big Ten or the country, for that matter. But John O'Corn was terrible against Rutgers, so at least you know it's better than what you had. I like the way he moved around. His presence, just his, his awareness in the pocket looked a heck of a lot better than a fifth-year seniors, which is uh, which is hard to believe. Um, his, his arm looked good. He missed that one throw to McCune late in the game, which looked like a touchdown, but I think he gets the yeah. uh, benefit of the doubt with the other great throws he made. Um, I really like that pass to Evans. It was a little short, but just to get it over the defensive back like that, thought he put a nice touch on it. And overall, just his awareness, mm -hmm. his ability to move around, and him just finding all his different receivers and not you know going to his second, his third progression on offense. I thought he looked really good. He looked prepared. He looked confident. And Harbaugh said, you know, 51% chance he starts against Minnesota. 
I would say that's closer to 100. I say it's almost a guaranteed thing. He goes yeah. this weekend. I'm pumped to see him even more. Yep, I'm with you. I th- I thought the way that that he looked in the pocket, he was cool, calm, and collective. He wasn't anything like uh, uh, John O'Corn was, you know, with him going through his reads. John O'Corn, um, you know, most of the time John O'Corn could get the ball to the receiver, but it was just being able to make those reads that is what he was having his problems with. Peters, it looks like he has the best of both worlds. He can do it all. Andy, what did you like uh, out of Peters this weekend? Uh, simply just a change. Um, and I think what you said about momentum, it's very true because once he came in the game and, you know, even that first little rollout pass that he had the tight end, mm-hmm. many he made that pass. It just looked so smooth and easy that I think it just got the crowd really, really excited. You could just hear, like, the immediate – I mean, it was kind of a sarcastic cheer at the same time, like, why haven't we seen this guy before? We've, we've been calling for this. Why hasn't the coaching staff? Um, you know, a lot of last week I kind of looked at it as you got to trust Jim Harbaugh. you got to trust that he thinks about the quarterback and that – John O'Corn probably has to be the right decision, right? Because why would he not be going with the guy that's better? Maybe maybe he just didn't know how good Peters could really be in the game. And from, from everything that we saw, I think it was pretty evident that right now he's probably the better quarterback. I think things that Peters did already that I haven't been able to see John O'Corn do, or John O'Corn do was simply just the pocket presence. I mean, the way he was able to get rid of the ball, and even when he did extend a play, if it was about to run out of time, he knew when to get rid of it or throw the ball. John O'Corn just hangs on to the ball too long and doesn't throw it. I think that Brandon Peters did a much better job of that. And also, just looking at all of his receivers, he seemed to actually make most of his reads. He'd look one way, then look the other. He wouldn't just stick to one receiver and kind of eye him down the whole time. And I can't say, especially in the interception and in that Rutgers game that O'Corn did throw, he was just staring down his receiver the entire time before he threw it. So that's the kind of problems they were having. And it seems like Peters, even with less experience, just wasn't having those kind of problems. He looks really cool, calm, and collected back there. I mean, 10 out of 14 for 124 yards and a touchdown doesn't like really – you know, wow out at you. But nevertheless, it's a good completion percentage, and he didn't even have a full first quarter to play. So, like, when you come into the game and, and you do that well and you're able to produce and do three straight touchdowns, I don't care if it's against Rutgers or not, if you can score three straight touchdown drives against anyone you're a true freshman, you come into a game and play like that, I think that says a lot about the kind of player that he can be. So I definitely think he needs to be the uh, quarterback moving forward. One thing I do want to, you know, kind of – I kind of wondered about a lot of the calls they made for Peters in this game, and it makes sense because he's a freshman that came in and seemed to be like, really simple and like not not very you know intricate or not tough to figure out the plays the play calls were just you know uh, I, I like the one where the fullback came across and it was a quick slant or that first original play where it was a rollout and he found the tight end yeah. all those passes seem to be pretty simple a lot of like curl routes and stuff I don't know where any of that was for John O'Corn I feel like every time I was watching John O'Corn play quarterback he was back in the shotgun trying to throw to receivers like way downfield and maybe that wasn't his game either so I I was I was I was like kind of wondering to myself where was some of this play calling while John O'Corn was the quarterback. Yeah, I'm I I am definitely with you. Um, and real quickly, yeah, that was not a sarcastic cheer when Brandon Peters came out. I was at that game. Mm-hmm. That was the loudest that stadium was all game long <laughs> yeah, was when he came out on the field. They showed Peters walking out on the big board, and everybody stood up for when Peters uh, got on the field. And and then there came a time where I think it was the coaching staff and and. Uh, I think the crowd kind of caught on a little bit too. They were all like, oh, the offense is on the field. Let's quiet down a little bit. Let's give this guy um, some peace and quiet. Let him do his thing. But but yeah, I think uh, I'm with you. I, I don't know where uh, the the conservative play calls were with John O'Corn. I, I feel like they should have um, you know done a little more of the slants, the curls, those easy, those easy passes that Brandon Peters were completing um, were definitely from the conservative play calls. I thought it was 
uh, kind of interesting that Tim Drevno was down on the field for the first time all season. I think that uh, a big part of that was because they had planned on having Peters out there and um, just preparing him to, you know, not really take a whole lot of shots down the field. I think he only took um, really one deep shot, and it was to Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, on the left sideline there. It was either going to be caught or incomplete. I, I thought it was a pretty good decision by Peters, uh, the ball placement especially. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think we'll see a little bit more of that against Minnesota this weekend, especially with it. Uh, being a night home game, he's probably going to be the starter. This is going to be his first start. I think they'll still, um, you know, give him some room to grow with uh, those deep shots and uh, progressing through his reads and all that stuff. But I, I think the conservative play calls will still uh, be out there for at least the next game or two. Um, I think it should be. Yeah, just in no, general. Absolutely. I, I don't be. know why you go away from it if it yeah, works. No. You know, I think I think I think it's how Michigan's offense operates best is in that under Harbaugh absolutely. at least. Seems to be when they go to the basic, the basic old style play calling. It seems to work really well for them. I like it a lot. Yeah, me too. No, no, but it works against teams like Rutgers or Indiana or Maryland or something like that. But it's not going to work against Ohio State, Penn State, or Wisconsin. You, like you want to, you want to beat the big boys. You got to break out the big time yeah. play calls and make big. You plays. do got to live it up. You do got to throw a ball deep every now and again. Brandon Peters is going to have to be able to show that he can throw a deep yeah. ball. I 100 percent agree. That's why that. they lost all those games at the end of last season because they got too conservative. And there's a fine line between you know being too conservative or getting too crazy. You know, earlier in the season, I thought their playbook was too complex. In last game, I thought that was good for against Rutgers and to break break in Brandon Peters. But you want to win out the rest of the season and win those big games against, you know, Ohio State, Wisconsin, possibly a bowl game. You're going to have to open up the playbook a little more and take some more shots downfield. Yeah, I'm with you, Colin. But that, that was going to be one of the next questions I had for you was, are you a little concerned with, with the conservative play calling with Peters uh, being out there? I, I feel like it's going to continue with it, at least for the next couple weeks. Are you concerned at all? Uh, that they're going to keep it so conservative that defenses are going to really hone in on them? Or are you looking forward to them just uh, continuing to grow really as an offensive unit, especially with a young quarterback, with all the young receivers, uh, a relatively young running back corps? Um, do you have any really concerns at all uh, with the offense moving forward with Brandon Peters? See, the next couple weeks I don't because you have Minnesota and then Maryland after that. So those are two games you should easily win. Um, and I think those are great games to get Peters more experienced, more prepared for the gauntlet at the end of the season at Wisconsin, home against Ohio State. So I thought there could have been a better time for Peters to come in all oh, year I, and you're I in agree. your perfect little three-game stretch there. That's the bottom of the conference. So, no, I'm excited to see him grow. And not just him, you know, Kareem Walker, Nico Collins, Peoples-Jones, a lot of those offensive linemen. This is the perfect stretch to get those guys acclimated and let them grow each game. I say this game, try, try, try a few more shots. Gets Maryland, open up the playbook a little more. Keep developing them. You know, each game, take it step by step. Evaluate where you're at. Open up the playbook a little more. And um, mm -hmm. hopefully they keep growing and we'll keep seeing them get better and better before the end of the season. Andy, any concerns for you, man? Yeah, I, I really think that when it comes down to Brandon Peters, I think you want to just keep letting him go for the rest of the season because I don't really think that expectations are set as high now. I think that, you know, you look at games like Wisconsin and Ohio State coming in the season. Those are games that you're hopeful to still win. But at the end of the day, you can't really expect this team to be able to go out there and win. I mean, those are pretty high expectations against teams that are ranked in the top five right now or around the top five. Um, so when you look at it that way, I think you just want to see these guys keep growing together as a unit. Um, I think you want to see Brandon Peters make a lot of progress. These younger guys are in the game right now. And I think next year, what we talked about a lot last week was about, you know, or at least you meet Devon with the whole fifth-year thing with Wilton Spate, if he's going to get offered that yeah. um, scholarship or not. I, I don't I don't think he will, especially now, um, if Brandon Peters keeps playing this way because there's no reason for it. So if he does keep 
playing this way, and you, and you can see as the season goes on, especially in these next couple of games, even if it is against a Minnesota team, this is still a night game at the big house, and even though it's at your home stadium, those are the kind of games where you still get a lot of nerves build up as a starting quarterback, and it'll be his first game starting. So it's that kind of stuff that you just want to see a lot out of. I, I'm not too worried about it, though. I just think that they need to leave him in for the rest of the season. Um, I think that would be the right decision as a coaching staff and just kind of keep playing him out that way. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Um, but I kind of want to move on here a little bit. Um move on to this Minnesota game that's uh, this weekend, 7.30 on Fox. Uh, second night home game this season for Michigan. Uh, they lost their first one, obviously, so they're 0-1 in the night game department uh, at home this season. Um, but when it comes to this game, what are you really looking uh, forward to watching, Andy? And I'll start with you. I mean, I guess, obviously, I mean, I think everybody just wants to keep watching the progression of Peters. Um, I, I definitely want to see that. I want to see how he responds to a night game, as I was saying before, um, in the crowd. I want to see, um, like, what, what they can do as an offense and they can keep moving the ball like that. Um, I think towards the end of the Rutgers game, you know, they kind of just flattened out a little bit, weren't really getting as many of those scoring drives. I want to see if they can consistently put those scoring drives together like they did when Peters first came in. Um, just as a starting quarterback, and now the other teams will actually have a little bit of film on him to be able to prepare for him. I'm interested to see how he responds to that. Um, I'm also interested to see if this team, uh, as, a, as a defense, can just kind of keep Minnesota off the board like they've done all year. I want to see how consistent they can say after the game they had against Penn State where they obviously uh, let up a lot of points. I don't think that happens against a team like Minnesota, but I just want to see if they can stay consistent week to back, to back week to week. And I want to see if they can eliminate big plays because the only play the Rutgers scored again on was that big play, and a couple times against Penn State was the big plays. It seems to be all season that that's the one thing that kills Michigan is they allow these really, really big plays for scoring plays. Because one thing, if you allow it for, you know, even just like 50 yards when you start in your own 25 or something, but you keep them out of the end zone and you can limit the drive, it seems to be a Michigan's letting up a lot of these big plays. They're going for touchdowns. That's something that I think that they need to work on as a defense and try to eliminate those the best they can. But really, overall, I think the most interest just comes out of offense. See how these young receivers can gel with Brandon Peters and stuff like that. Cullen, what are you looking forward to? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. You just want to keep seeing Peters get better. And obviously, yeah, those big plays have been the killer for this consistent defense all year. It seems like, you know, when teams try to run up the middle, they absolutely stuff it. But the read option, the spin on the outside is still a problem, which is surprising with our new athletic linebackers. You know, you thought Cleek Hudson uh, – Devin Bush will kind of eliminate that a little bit, especially having Metellus in the secondary. Yet teams still keep exploiting that on the perimeter. When you go against Ohio State, mm-hmm. that's going to be their bread and butter. You know, all day long they're going to be doing that on you. So you got to improve there. I think a team against Minnesota, not a super high-powered offense. They should definitely shut them down this week, hold them to under uh, double digits, I would expect. And, yeah, the offense should keep, keep going. Uh, Minnesota's defense is also kind of weak. Peters should be airing it out a little bit. Keep using that run game. I want to see Kron Higdon get 25 to 30 carries. That dude is a beast. Let uh, Walker get in there a little bit. Isaac, you know, on the short yardage. And then um, Chris Evans. Keep using him as a weapon on the perimeter. We've been calling that all year. He's like almost like a theoretic. Use him in the slot. Use him on wheel routes. Use that speed because it's something this team lacks. It's a huge benefit to Peters. And I think overall, uh, I think it's the first time all year we're kind of really excited going into a game. Because, you know, even if Peters struggles, you know he's going to get better and he's learning. It's a little different than Wilton Spate and John McCorn where at this point in their careers, they're not getting any better. Peters, you know, is going to keep getting better and develop. So at least, at least now there's hope and excitement for the rest of the season and the future with uh, him under center. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I like a lot of what you said about uh, Peters just growing out. It's like what you said about Chris Evans a lot. The way they were able to use him is that on that one pass, um, I, I think they should do that a lot more. Put him in the slot, use him with that kind of option a lot more because 
obviously just hasn't been that good of a backfield um, as like a guy carrying the ball compared to the running backs yeah. they have right now. So I think putting him on the slot and kind of using him like a Theo Riddick, I think that was a really good comparison to be able to use him that way. That can only help Michigan's offense kind of help him grow that way. Absolutely. I think that they should definitely base that more around Chris Evans. I mean, if he's not going to be able to run the ball very well, they should be able to, uh, you know, get him out like a theoretic, like what you guys were saying. Uh, get him into the slot. Let him do something. I mean, he's a shifty enough athlete to where he can he can make something out of nothing. Um, so I, I think that that's a really good comparison. I would really be excited to see more of that. Um, I, I would be excited to see more of, uh, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones doing stuff like that as well. Maybe get him in the backfield, uh, do something with him. Just be a little – try not to be too tricky, but at least do something – uh, something different to throw your uh, opposing defenses off their toes, um, you know, just to just to try something. I mean, even if it doesn't work, at least you're trying something new, um, you know, with these young athletes that you have. So, but yeah, um, so I, we're running out of time here. Um, you know, I, we do a lot of predictions on Maze and Brew, so I don't want to ask for you guys' uh, score predictions for this upcoming weekend against Minnesota. I think Michigan is favored by. 15 points should be or favored like by at enough. this point <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so um i so i'm not going to ask you for a prediction but i want to ask you guys who's one uh you know freshman or sophomore one younger player uh, that you want to see more out of and i'll start with you andy who do you want to see more out of this weekend Donovan Peoples-Jones, because I think when we were alluding to wanting to see more out of the, the passing game and wanting to see more of that deep ball, right now I think he's your guy. I mean, you got guys like Grant Perry that can kind of go downfield and make catches and stuff like that, but there's still overall more of the shorter yards. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is your, your, probably your best deep threat guy right now. Maybe maybe could call Crawford, um, could argue with that. But either way, I just want to see a lot more of Peoples-Jones. I want to see him get the ball a lot more and get it from Peters a lot more because you're looking at two freshmen that are probably going to be working together for a long time coming up here in the future. And I just haven't seen enough out of Peoples-Jones in general in the passing game this year. So that's definitely one thing that I want to see yeah. more out of um, is just him being able to maybe maybe get more receptions, have a, have a bigger week, a five or six reception week, make a make a few more catches and maybe a long touchdown pass even. That's what I want to see is him more more active in the receiving game and even on like the, the jet sweeps and stuff like that. Just keep trying to get him more involved because really he's, he's pretty much your, your talent nucleus. He's like the center of it going forward, so... Uh, Colin, what do you, what do you want to see? I guess with uh, new players. Um, yeah, I definitely, I would definitely think Peoples Jones would be at the top of that list. Obviously, against Indiana, broke out a little more. And against Penn State, I thought that was his best Andy. receiving game all year. Had two, maybe three, really big catches in that game. Finally, getting him involved. Yeah, his route running looked good. His separation looked good. Um, and even against Indiana, I remember O'Corn or yeah, it was O'Corn missed him on that wide open one up the middle right to start the game. So he's creating separation. I think the more he gets comfortable in that role, they'll use him more and more. I definitely want to see that more this week. And then uh, I think the biggest one is the guy who finally got his first action uh, this past game against Rutgers, Nico, Nico Collins. With Tariq Blackout, you need some size in the perimeter. Mm -hmm. You need a receiver that's 6'4", tall, and go up and get those jump balls. I definitely think that's what Collins can bring. Um, obviously, he's a little premature right now. He still gets his feet wet. But I think the more you get him involved, I think him, Peoples-Jones, and Tariq Black coming back next year could be the best trio, not just the Big Ten, maybe the country what the potential those guys have. So get those guys more acclimated. Obviously, Black won't be able to play till next year, but we already know what he brings. He was the, he was the best looking wide receiver before he got hurt. So keep using Peoples Jones. Keep using Nico Collins. Um, I, and the more they get, um, was it chemistry with Brandon Peters? I mean, that that's that's a dynamic um, group for next year to watch out for. So I'm definitely looking at the receivers, particularly yeah. that, uh, that group. Yeah, you summed it up pretty yeah, nicely. I'm, I want to see more out of so. Nico <laughs> Collins as well. Um, you know, with him and Donovan Peoples Jones, you got to. 
a real nice set of receivers that bring something different to the table. Nico's got the height. Donovan Peoples-Jones has the athleticism. So it would be interesting to see those guys really go off uh, against a uh, Minnesota defense. Um, well, well, I think Black's a mixture yeah. of both of those two. So I think all three of those guys for next year, that's going to be very scary. That's going to yeah. be very scary. And hey, don't forget about Oliver Martin, yep. too, who could be the perfect slot guy going Exactly. Forward. I think I think I think now seeing Brandon Peters come into a game and play like he did, I think that this may be the Michigan fans that were kind of giving the ridiculous expectations after losing these couple of games are kind of realizing what's to come now. Maybe when you see in the future the young quarterback like that playing the way that he did, I think that you can kind of understand better really how much this team is going to have totally coming back because that. of how young I mean, they the are right now. Expectations for uh, the fan base were were sky high uh, this season. I don't think they should have been. I think that was a little unwarranted and. Some of the hate that the coaches were getting early on, um, uh, hopefully that really starts to subside with hopefully the offense starting to produce more points with Peters and uh, Nico and these younger guys that are finally getting in the game, Kareem Walker. So um, we will definitely see, um, but I think we are all out of time today. Go check us out on uh, iTunes and Google Play Store at Maze and Brew Podcasts. For Colin and Andy, my name is Vaughn, and we will talk with you guys next time. Go Blue!